I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. A very special guest today. He's a quarterback for the Washington football team and now most recently named the owner of the 2020 NFL Comeback Player of the Year, Alex Smith. Thank you so much for taking time for us today. Thanks for having me, Mark. Good to be here. Well, listen, I'm going to jump right into something, and it's important to understand that before becoming the most inspiring player in the NFL, you had some humble beginnings, and um, we had a famous fan question of the day, just randomly polled the entire country, and Reggie Bush shows up, and he said to ask <laughs> Alex about his red pickup truck he had at Helix High School oh, with God. only one working door. He said he had yep. to jump in the window like the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Uh, and he also said it was a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> it was definitely a piece of shit. For sure. All right. My- tell me about these humble beginnings back at Helix High School and this famous red truck. So uh, this goes back. It's like family in my family. It's like family lore. It's like a rite of passage that my... <laughs> My dad was a firm believer that like your first car needed to be a piece of shit. Like oh, in yeah. order to have any kind of like understanding of like the dollar and how to take care of a car and you know, like you're gonna start at the bottom. So <laughs> we had, and I have an older brother and sister and they drove this old like 1976 Chevy Love, rusted, it was like, it was a piece <laughs> of crap. And it died right before I got my license. And I was thinking like, sweet. I'm going to get it. They're going to have to buy a new car. I'm going to get a better, you know, a better car. And yeah. like we went and looked and my dad liked having a pickup truck, you know, in case we had, like when we, he loves doing yard work and stuff and all these projects. Yeah. So we needed a truck just to have one. And, uh, so we go looking at all these trucks and we kind of like, we're looking at like some newer Ford Rangers and different stuff, like things that look like pretty sweet when you're a 16 year old, you right, know? Right. And then we go find this truck dude this thing was like rusted over like fire engine red uh this toyota pickup no cab bench seat you know and like looked it was worse than the chevy love the one that died and my dad cut a check i think for like 700 bucks for it it like ran it ran decent so yeah we on the spot i was like oh no so we got this thing yeah and the passenger door didn't open and then the nice. window, so everybody had to climb in through the driver's seat. Or, and then when you would get up, it had like a top speed of about 55 miles an hour. But when you would hit, when you would hit about 40, the windows would start coming down the side. Like they would start shaking <laughs> down. So Come like on. anytime I was on the freeway, you would drive with your hand like stuck against the side. <laughs> to hold it up? No, yeah, to hold it up. No defroster. So like if it ever fogged up, the windows were coming down in like the cold and you were just driving around. It was a piece. It was oh a piece. So my little sister, yeah, or like anybody awesome. else that drove in it, everybody climbed in through the driver door. It got made, it got crushed like at school, like pranks. Cause you could break, you could just shove the window down and get in it. So like anytime pranking went on in high school, my car got pranked, like, so yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that story. It tells me a lot. Your dad was the principal, I guess, of, of the high school Reggie. Yeah, he but, was. Um, yeah. That had also to be- a rite, uh, Also that, a rite of passage to go to school where your dad's the principal. <laughs> That's not easy, I bet. That's not easy. But that's really funny. My dad was very similar. I had this uh, 
this old uh, 96, 97 Honda Civic. Um, and it was a stick shift and the interior lining was like falling off. Uh, but you know, that was my, that was my high school car. And my dad was just dead set on me driving a stick shift car and yep. getting that crappy Honda with the paint coming off. It was silver and, uh, yeah, a little two door civic, but I remember Perfect. I didn't get my license till I was 18 because I was so like, I was just trying to avoid doing driving lessons with my dad. He's like, yeah, they'll give you a license, but I'll teach you how to drive. And I was like, yeah. hell no, I ain't doing that. So we'd it's be fun. in the parking lot with cones at the high school and like people would show up on Saturdays and I'm just like so embarrassed. It was, it was, was funny. It was awful. Yeah, it's funny now as a dad to two young boys, like who are just, you know, boys are just like, they don't take care of anything. And oh, yeah. there's, there's not but a chance. But you got to teach them. This is the way there's to teach them, right? Not a chance I'm buying them a nice car. Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay, let's talk about uh, your Player of the Year award. I know you've been on the, uh, you know, media circuit, so to speak, talking about this, so we won't beat it to death. But, man, you you made an incredible speech. I picked out some things that that really jumped out to me. And uh, if you'd be okay expanding on that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I found this interesting and inspiring. You said there was a will to reclaim your life um, between the mental struggle, the seventeen surgeries. The bacterial infection, what was the most challenging part of that process, your motivation and, and, you know, reclaiming your life? What, what has it felt like yeah. since? Yeah, there's, I, I really kind of, I guess, like looking back, break it down into two phases, you know, when, when obviously once I, I broke my leg and then a couple of days later when the infection set in, things mm -hmm. got real sideways, real fast, tons of surgeries, you know, they basically, you know, dissected my leg to the point where obviously we were cutting it off or I had to elect to have a bunch of more surgeries to try to save it. And they were going to kind of, you know, Frankenstein my body, you know, they cut yeah. out a muscle from my, my left thigh and moved it down and they were going to cut up my calf and turn yeah. it sideways. And so all this stuff. So I was kind of a patient and while that was going on and obviously I'm, I'm really thankful I elected to do the limb salvage, but when all that was going on, I, I was, I mean, I, I was like, I couldn't do anything. I mean, I was in the hospital for a month and then I was wheelchair bound because uh, they had this, I had this huge metal, before I had the halo on, I had this big steel frame put on that like locked my leg out. Because I was, ha I was still having these surgeries while they were trying to, to save my leg. So right. I was stuck, I was stuck in a wheelchair for a couple months. You know, my wife had to rent a wheelchair van, like we had to put ramps all over our house to like get me in. I couldn't do anything. Dang. Like my, it was a big step when my wife could leave me alone with our seven year old because he could help me go to the bathroom <laughs> right, if I right. needed to, you know. So, but that whole time you're just, you're like sitting there and, and and the whole world at that point really doesn't know what I'll be ever to do, be able to do ever again. You know, it's a lot of unknowns. When the doctors talk to you, it's a lot of like, well, you know, you'll be some cases or guy people are just lucky to even just be able to stand and walk a little bit. You know, some people do get a lot of ability back. We just don't know. We don't know where you're going to fall. It's all kind of how, how things go. So you just, you can't help but wonder your, your mind goes down these negative paths and you become just this patient. I was just a, I felt like you're just a patient and I'm going through these surgeries and you obviously become really well versed on all the stuff they're doing. I became like an, you know, an expert on uh, limb injuries, lower, lower leg injuries and stuff, but that, that kind of becomes your world and, and engulfs everything because it consumes you from the moment you wake up, everything's about this leg and, and, and 
at that point, what I won't be able to do. So you just build up all these walls. What I won't be able to do, God, am I going to play with my kids? Am I going to go for a walk? Am I, mm-hmm. Like you name the activity. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Like, God, when I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, am I going to have to put a brace on? What am I going to, you know, like, Jeez. Um, let alone like golf, running, you know, basketball, surfing, yeah, swimming, like any of those, you know, you're just like, you're just wondering if you'll ever be able to do those things again. And, and then, so that, that lasted a while. Cause then even once I got the halo put on, I had to wear the halo for 10 months, but I was on crutches and in a walker. So that time just really kind of continued where I was just this patient and like wondering what, what my life was going to be like. And, and it was a lot of just at that point, negativity. I felt like about, you know, I'll never be the same. I'm never gonna be able to do these things. And, and then I got to start the rehab process and that was kind of the second phase of this. And then it was like, I slowly got to start like, and, and literally with baby steps. Cause that's what it was. It like just yeah. started with standing and then baby steps. And I kind of got to like get my life back. Like, and it felt so good because the attention turned to like, well, I can, well, this is something I can do. I can stand, you know? And then I would like do that. And then it's like, well, I could take baby steps and I would love that. You know, like it felt so amazing. And it would yeah, just right. lead tell to me, one thing and it was just, um, tell me one of your favorite, you said 728 days of little victories. Explain that yeah. to people watching and listening. Yeah. Cause like, honestly, I got, there's like great footage when I first got to take my first steps with yeah. no crutches. Cause for like, you go from non weight bearing and then I had to go to like partial weight bearing, which means right. I had either two crutches or one crutch at some point. And then I got this clearance to do, to walk with finally like, all right, all right, you're good to go. No crutches. And I'm in the yard and I'm like using my crutch as balance, like sideways, almost like a circus, you know, like yeah, an acrobat yeah. kind of thing. And <laughs> I'm walking and like the first step, like the me- to mental agility to get over that, to like put all my weight on that leg. That first step was so scary. Like it took me so long to do that little baby step. But like my imagine. wife's filming me. She she thinks it's hilarious. You know, she's like call, calling me. Yeah, calling more me excitement. Names. More excitement for yeah. your first steps or your child's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's like egging <laughs> me on, and yeah, and I'm like literally just like walking across the yard. Like the first one is so slow, and like the tiniest little steps. And then you know you do it, and like mentally I'm like, okay, I can do it. My leg can take it. And then like yeah. I probably stayed out there for like an hour walking back and forth, like slowly, just a little faster and like how good it felt, you know, like, um, and what like the, just the biggest grin on my face, how good that felt, you know, just to even do that. So those were all like the little steps and then it would be like onto the next one. And, you know, all of a sudden we would be like, you know, little jumps or little squats or little like weight transfers or walk going upstairs or, you know, like all these little things. And then to the point, especially once we started to like jog and run. So all those things were so amazing, all those little steps. And that's kind of what kept me going. I just focused on one step for a few weeks and kind of try to conquer it. And then it would be like, all right, what are we doing now? So checking boxes along the way. That's awesome. Overcoming adversity. And then um, talk about the the military rehabilitation center. I know that um, from watching some of the documentation of your rehab and, and comeback, that that was a big part of it and any patients that you yeah. met in there or military personnel type people that inspired you or anything you'd be willing to share about the people in there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So this, it actually goes all the way back to even when I was still in the hospital and I was having all these surgeries and and I had elected to go limb salvage. I was lucky enough, our team doc, Dr. Robin West had reached out at that point, she knew, uh, Johnny Owens is his name, he was the head PT down at the Center for the Intrepid in San Antonio, which is the center where they specialize in limb injuries, especially lower leg injuries, because mm-hmm. through all the wars in the Middle East, there were a ton of servicemen and women coming back from these roadside bombs and IEDs and things, and they all had oh, lower yeah, leg yeah. injuries, you know? And so they were they were coming back by like, like tons of them. So they basically built this center, and this became like, I mean, they're the experts in the whole world as far as lower limb injuries and getting service, you know, getting people back on their feet and also returning them to a high level because a lot of these servicemen and women went back to tour, which is crazy. Incredible. Um, so she reached out and touched base with him and he immediately was like, absolutely, he's got to come down here. And he put me in, it's called the Secretary of Defense designation. So you apply to the Secretary of Defense and it's for civilians that are deemed to have warlike injuries. And if they are warlike enough, you can get this basically pass to be able to have access to military care because they are the experts in it. And so uh, I, 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 I got this designation and I was able to go down there. So immediately the docs down there, along with all my doctors here in, in DC, put together our plan of care. And so I was doing the rehab that they had built, you know, to get to get some of these elite soldiers back uh, back to tour. I was doing that program because they were the only ones in the world that had ever sure, done sure. anything like this. So immediately, uh, you know, they're sending me videos of like the rehab process. And this, this is when, you know, I was still stuck in the hospital and I was still in a wheelchair. So I felt like the whole world was telling me, you know, what I wouldn't be able to do. And it was a lot of negativity about my career and doubt about my life and, and what it would be like. And the military were these, they were the only people that were sending me, they're like, heck no, these are, they were sending me videos of guys like at different stages in their rehab and even guys that had fully recovered. And these guys were yeah. sprinting and like kicking ass, you know, oh, that had to be down doors, you know, jumping down a helicopter and stuff. And so for me, that was like the lone bright spot. These were the people telling me, no, you'll be able to do whatever you want. Like it's out wow. there. We've done this. And so for me, that was like that they helped plant the seed. And then they were the first ones I went down there to visit. So they helped plan on my care. So I did a lot of that same rehab here from uh, DC, but then I would go down there periodically and kind of touch base and get checked up. And they were the first ones. It was my first time down there. And this is, so this is like, gosh, five, six, five months after my injury. Mm-hmm. And they were the first ones you would never expect it. I'm at, I'm down and I'm rehabbing on this big floor. Everybody's there. You know, there's like amputees all over. It's crazy humbling to be down there. But, and they get out of football and I'm like, you know, your last thing you're expecting there is a football and they, they, <laughs> they throw me a football and ask me to start playing catch. And I couldn't even stand. I was, I had to do it on a knee, but they were the first ones to like ever start daring me to think like that. Like, no, nah, football's not out of the question. You can do this. Like, wow. Everybody else was saying <clears throat> the opposite and they were, they were the ones that were like, 
you know, no, heck no, you can go do it. You can go do it, put it out there, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm so grateful for that. It, 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 most of all, obviously their expertise uh, has been invaluable, but even more so that mindset. That's huge. That's huge. That sounds like that really shaped your rehab. So inspiring. Um, how about your, uh, your wife played a, played a great role making that uh, yeah. trophy out of your brace um, that I saw yeah. on, the, on the documentary. Uh, just talk about her and your kids, um, how, how they pushed you during, your, during this trying time and, yeah. and what they meant to you. Because everything, like you said, everything was focused on you and your comeback. Yeah. And, you know, they have to give up, you know, some of themselves to make that happen. So yeah. talk about your yeah. appreciation for them. I know you mentioned them multiple times in your, uh, in your speech the other night. It was incredible. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my wife, I think she wore so many hats throughout my rehab process. Cause when I came home, I mean, I had a pick line going to my heart for a long time where she was administering my, you know, antibiotics twice a day. And like, I had to do all these pushes and I got, I'm getting five different shots that she's administering and I'm on all yeah. these pills. Um, so she's doing all that, let alone juggling the household, three kids or in school and all these activities. And she just like kept it going. I mean, she's driving, I told you the wheelchair van everywhere. We got ramps all over <laughs> our house, you know, like, so she just like, and, and that was all up. That all happened in like a couple of days. I'm like, dang, how'd you get all this done? She just was on it and like didn't blink. And then I think the biggest thing too is like all those, all those little small victories and like steps. I think it was so much that she helped celebrate all those for me. Like to how, reminding me how important those little ones were, you know, not that I didn't know, but like making a big deal out of them. And it, you know, when I would have these little victories and, and milestones that like really helping me take that all in and kind of digest that and appreciate it. Um, and then big time towards the end, I think continuing to really like push me. Yeah. You know, there were times when I had doubts when I was really even trying to work towards football at this point, uh, which is just icing on the cake, you know, in the no big doubt. picture, like yeah. that was like, you know, and so, but like she kept like, she didn't blink there either. And like kept, I think, um, no one went to kind of, yeah, to like really support me at times, but also to push me. And then the big one is when I got clearance, you know, um, I got cleared from my bone. That was this summer right before camp and the doctors, yeah. I never thought I'd hear those words. And the doctors, all, all the military docs, all my docs here all got together and were like, your bone, your bone looks good enough. And I like, I never thought I would ever hear those words finally because it took so long. And so it was there, it was like right on the doorstep. It was just me and her, you know, like, here it is. Do I really want to go do this? And she like, same thing, like didn't blink. Like, absolutely. If you want it, go do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop you. You know, if anything, I, I got you, I got your back. So, uh, amazing. I can't, I can't say enough, you know, obviously about, you know, you say in, in sickness and in health and she definitely got tested here these last mm. two years, uh, with, with that. So I'm, I'm so thankful uh, for her. And then my kids, the, you know, the, the best part of our kids is like, Half the time they don't even care, you know, like, yeah, broken leg, you're in a wheelchair, like, you're still dad, you know, like, they don't, they don't care, they don't know any different, and I'm thankful for that, like, because it just, it, it just is such a refreshing reminder, you know, they got their own deal going on, they got their own stuff, and so it, it was so, it was such, it was so energizing for me to still be a dad, like, every time they'd come home, and I, that what I could do with them, that they just, they don't know any better, they say what's on their mind, you know, and, and for me, it was, it so refreshing to always have them here and motivate me every day. That's awesome, man. What a partnership between you and your wife. That's, uh, that's, that's so cool. I loved, um, what you said too. You said, um, honor every single day and just live. Why that quote? Yeah. And if you were, if you can put yourself in the mind frame of doing these interviews, 
never playing football again without your leg. Would you, do you think you'd have that same message? And you know, what, what would life look like like that? Yeah, I mean, I think the two separate questions. So it's funny the just live one that came from me like way before uh, this injury. And it really started with when I was, you know, I got drafted to the Niners and I struggled with like, with the expectations, with the weight of it. I tried to please everybody. You know, I was trying to like justify <laughs> yeah. all the time that I was worth this first pick. And, and it's just a miserable way to live, you know, and, and to play. And you're, it doesn't help you. You know, I was, I was definitely unproductive for a long time trying to, trying to live and play like that, like just for other people and trying mm-hmm. to please people. And, um, and I, it finally kind of like a few years into my career is when I really felt like I hit bottom. And as far as that mentality goes, and I had, I used to have these, I had a couple different teammates that were like, they were these crazy special teamers, you know, these guys, you know, the guys that were like backup linebackers oh, yeah. and they crazy man running down got on every core, core special team though. <laughs> yes. And, and pregame, you know, those guys pregame, they're like pounded Red Bulls and five hour energies and pre-workout and like they're nuts <laughs> and they're, you know, and, but you love them in the locker room. They got great energy. Oh yeah. And I used to have this teammate that you like walk around and he would always talk about living. You know, I'm going to live today. Anybody, like, and he would like kind of challenge you like, you're going to live? And I'm like, you know, at first you don't know what to make of that. Yeah, you know, right. Like I'm planning about, on it. But... but like, that's, but like, really it's about, I think, being present, right? Like yeah. if, you, if your mind's not there, if you're worried about making other people happy or pleasing the fans or pleasing, you know, like you, you're, you're not living, you know? And, and, and I think for me, it became about embracing this opportunity. Like I'm, I'm, you're not going to play football forever. You're not going to be a quarterback forever. Like what an opportunity to go run out of the tunnel. And, and to do this and how special it is and to go just live and put it all out there and a mindset of like no regrets. I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm going to be in the moment and, and give it my fullest, you know, from a physical and mental perspective. And so that became a thing that I would like, I kind of tried to embody as my career went on. And then I would, I would say it to a lot of the younger guys, but even in like trying to remind myself. So like pregame, like my whole time at KC, I'd always talk about like all the young wideouts and stuff. I'd be like, you know, pregame, I always talk about living. Just yeah. little, like who's going to live That's today. Great. And uh, so that kind of be, kind of became, you know, a little bit like what I would try to, how I would live and, and, and try to embody that. And, you know, and, and certainly once I got injured, it, it really got tested. And then exactly that for me, like, I think when you're healthy and you take things for granted and you can take days for granted and they slip by and your mind wanders and it goes okay. down bad paths. And we all have, we can all have bad self-talk at times. And, and yeah. so I think it's important to, to make the most of every day. And, and these are obviously things that I even try to live up to. And we all don't, you know, at, at times. And, and so for me, yeah, you know, spending so long, not being able to do anything. And like I said that, you know, once I could start doing a little bit, just being grateful for that and, and, and right, that day, right. you know, and, and, and doing that that day. And, and so, uh, yeah, those are things I, I think that I try to tell myself all the time because those are things that I struggle with. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so anytime I'm saying that, those are really things that, like I said, that are on my heart and, and, I, and I tell myself often. Yeah, right. To remind yourself. I, I think that's so important. You talked about negative self-talk and, you know, you're, you're either talking to yourself or you're listening <laughs> to yourself yep, and yep. you can go one of two ways, right? You know, positive or negative. And um, I just appreciate you being so vulnerable about that stuff because a lot of people are just like, oh, you know, I never had a doubt or no, nah, I never thought we could lose. People think that all the time. Like I had a shoulder surgery. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to throw a ball again. I can barely move. And I had that thought, yeah, like yeah. it's okay to have that thought. And then you identify it, you know, kind of put it in its place, recognize it and then attack it, you know, just live. That's like right. you said, I, I think that's, um, yeah. 
I think that's so important for, for athletes, for people. It's, um, it's huge. That was, that was really cool, Alex. Thank you for doing that. Um, uh, your you. thoughts on, uh, obviously, I, I'm assuming you watched the Super Bowl. Um, yep, you were yep. with, with Mahomes quite a bit. I know uh, losing those tackles were, was, was huge for them. Um, he was on the move quite a bit. I saw a stat that said he scrambled for 497 yards behind I the line this. of scrimmage. I heard, I heard that on the radio. Yeah, I was before like, he even what? threw a pass. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is that yeah, even, crazy. wow, who's, that's, that's incredible. Um, but it just looked like they were out of sync. There was, there was, um, there was too much pressure. You know, they, they had chances. It looked like on the goal line, they, they get the goal line stop. And then it's like, ah, they're just trying to make a play in it. And it didn't quite happen. What, what were your thoughts on, on, uh, on the game? Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't foresee it happening uh, the way it did, you know. Um, I think for me, it all went back to that the game they played earlier in the season, um, the Bucks and KC. A hundred percent. Oh, I'm so think, excited to hear I this think, from you. you know, okay, the Bucks, the Bucks I watched it the day of the Super them, Bowl. You know. Okay, go. Yeah, they, go, go, they go. challenged them on defense and got and got roasted. I mean, Tyreek had like 300 yards in the first half. I yeah. Mean, I mean, the, the numbers that the offense put up and, you know, just huge play after huge play um, and really – you know, I think kind of playing into the strengths of, of Pat and the Chiefs, you know, that you just can't, you can't cover him one-on-one -on -one and you can't yeah. get to Pat. Like, even if you're bringing an extra guy, he's so good at buying a little time yep. and still be able to, to deliver the football. So my thoughts coming off that were like, well, there's no way they're going to let Tyreek get loose like that again. You know, they, they're definitely going to play, play, you know, they're going to play some sort of two shell. And I think that missing the tackles played into that because it's like, well, they, we got a good D line. Let's let's rush four yeah. and see if we can yeah. get home. Let's, let's sit in a two shell. Let's make these guys march the length of the field. They haven't had to do that all season because they've been so explosive. Dare them to run the football. Dare them to throw it underneath all day. And I felt like they didn't. You know, they weren't ready for that. They weren't patient enough. I felt like they kept trying to push yeah. it downfield because they've been able to do it all year. They've been, they've been able to impose their style on anybody. And I think that the combination of the tackles being out um, and then honestly with, with the toe, I, I, I really felt like, I know Patrick hasn't said it, but he ran for 500 yards before he ever threw a ball on a bad toe yeah. that's going to require surgery. Like by the end of the game, he clearly, you could tell he wasn't the same yeah, Pat that, that we've all yeah. been, been used to seeing. And I think the combination of the, the toe with the, the tackles and, and then they, they didn't ever, I felt like adjust. I kept waiting in the second half, like, I feel like we've seen like oh, okay a couple quarters teams stop the Chiefs but like it's like nothing and they can they can snap right in and, and right. you know snap off like three touchdowns so I kept waiting for the second half for them to make their adjustments and kind of do that and just never did it never got to any of the underneath stuff never ran the ball um, you know obviously they were behind and I felt like even then they kept trying to push it downfield and it just just made it worse yeah no I agree they got down by too much it was tough to run the ball at that point because you got to get points. Um, the other thing too, when, when you yeah. talked about that game from um, earlier in the season, I watched it before the Super Bowl just to go back and check it out, and I was kicking myself because all week leading up to the game, I'm you know I think the Chiefs win, I think they could potentially blow them out, blah blah, blah on TV and yeah. do it on the media stuff, and then I'm like, damn, I was doing the same the thing Bucks, by the way. I'm I was like the, the Bucks, same thing. they didn't so like. They got caught on that double move by Tyreek Hill, but they didn't beat the coverage. They beat the cornerback. The cornerback barely jumped. Yeah, he yeah. barely bit on the out fake, and then Tyreek just blew by him. So they they weren't like yeah. out scheming the Bucks in that game. They just beat a player, not the coverage. And so 
I'm like, yep. you know, they're really not like in bad position. They challenged them. They ran some of their 33 double cloud that caught them a couple times. They ran it a ton in the Super Bowl. And you saw Pat go through like with get ready for his RPO. He goes to flash fake and then he kind of gets caught for a second thinking he's getting one thing, yep, realizes yep. it's another. That's just enough time for the defense, right? That hesitation at quarterback, boom. Now it's a different play. Now it's a different outcome and it's better for the Bucks. But after watching that game, I was like, I would be happy if I'm Todd Bolt. Maybe not happy, but this is inspiring film because, guys, we're doing fine. We're doing just fine. We could run this yeah, game plan yeah, right yeah, back, yeah. and they made it a game. They came back and made it a game. They just got yeah. down in a 17-point hole, and they couldn't dig their way out. But, damn, after watching that game, I was so upset that I didn't talk about that during the week. I would have had the uh, the call of the century. But um, let's talk about for the sure. Bucks for and a little I bit. Because anything, go, go, yeah, go. Right. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, it's nothing, it, it, it's no different. Like, obviously, sometimes as an offense, you go play a D and they shut you out and they have one game plan and you, you get to come at them the second time. It's so much yep. fuel and I, that film is so valuable to see how they defended you and to try to duplicate it, you know, like, it, it's hard. It's the same thing. I felt like they took KC's best shot. They got to look at it on film. They had success in the second half. And it's kind of, I, I thought it was such, you know, it, it really did help them, I thought. And I thought they made great adjustments, obviously. Uh getting ready for, for obviously this, this weekend, this last weekend. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, what about, uh, what you saw from the bucks? Um, because you didn't get to play in the playoff game. Heineke goes in, gives it his best shot and hats off to him. He played his butt off. Um, yeah, but yeah. watching that game, I'm like, there's no way the bucks, I, I don't think they're winning another playoff game before they went to new Orleans. I'm like, eh, they, they hung in there with a, you know, Washington's a tough team, couple pieces away could have really used your help, I think, would have made it even even tighter game, and you guys might have knocked them out of the playoffs, in my opinion. But I'm like, that ain't the Super Bowl champ. It's the Saints, it's the Packers, it's somebody else, it's the Chiefs. What did you see in that game from them, and was there ever a moment in that game where you're like, uh, they might be able to make this thing work, or were you like, mm, you know, we kind of missed today. I, I think we could have got them. I was more in, in your camp. I really thought, you know, I knew they were explosive on offense, you know, mm -hmm. Tom's still playing good. They're they're they can run the ball. They got a couple backs, and obviously they got a ton of weapons outside. So you knew you knew they were good on offense. Really on defense, though, I kind of thought the same thing. Like that, they, uh, you know, I don't know if it was that game. I didn't feel like their pass rush really was as was as great as we thought. Although obviously this last right. Sunday they really came to play. Um, yeah. So I didn't. I definitely was thinking, God, like I, I thought, yeah, I thought Saints. I definitely thought Green Bay was gonna gonna roll uh, the way they were playing. I did not see Tampa Bay doing this. I think um, after our game, though, you do look, I thought it was the same thing. They got a second crack or a third crack, I should say, at New Orleans. They yeah, also played yeah. New Orleans uh, right after the Chiefs, I think, in November and got blown out like 38 mm -hmm. to 3. Yep, got yep. blown out. And, they, and then they go to New Orleans and beat them. So I felt like they did. I mean, they took some of these teams' great shots and, and they got a second a second chance at them and and made the made the proper adjustments. So hats off to them. I do think their defense played great down the stretch uh, against some good yeah, offenses. They played they played great versus New Orleans, great versus Green Bay, and then obviously, uh, you know, awesome to hold the Chiefs to no touchdowns. So, you know, I, I think their their offense has been productive all year, and I think they've 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 been doing that. I thought on defense they just yeah they, I thought they made great adjustments. Yeah, no doubt. And then. 
we look at Tom Brady, obviously, I mean, I don't know what else you can say about the guy. Holy cow. He's got more Super Bowl wins than any franchise in the NFL, which is just mind-blowing. If you look at the stat line through the playoffs, you know, at New Orleans, their top four or five receivers uh, on Tampa Bay's team have like eight total catches. Uh, you know, Tom throws for less than 200 yards. Uh, interception, yeah. you know, it, the three picks in the NFC championship game and they went like, it didn't look yeah. like this beautiful, you know, crescendo at the right time leading up to the Super Bowl. And then they go blow the doors off in the Super Bowl. Um, just an incredible will to win the, the idea that Tom knew that, Hey, if I got to manage this game, I can manage it. Uh, it doesn't have to be the five touchdown, you know, throwback to 2011 with 50 touchdowns with Randy Mott. Like it doesn't have to look like that. Uh, but we just got to get these wins uh, at 43 years old, thriving in a young man's game. I mean, your thoughts on Tom Brady? Yeah, like you said, it's like, how do you even put into words what he's accomplished over his career? You know, he's <laughs> won more Super Bowls than every franchise out there, <laughs> you know. So it's, it's, you can't do it. I do think this year, I, 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 like you're saying, he has still played at such a high level. But the grittiness, I thought, like the different ways he's done it especially pushing the ball downfield the way they did this year. So much play action pass and pushing it downfield, you know, forever in New England, you know, especially the last several years, it was so much shotgun spread empty and he's, he's throwing it mm -hmm. underneath, you know, all the little option routes and things. And I thought just the way he was able to adjust and the back half of the season, they got it going, but yeah, and still be able to, you know, I think to embody that personality, he's, he pushed it downfield sometimes and threw some picks but like it didn't, it didn't phase him, you know. He, yeah. I thought that like that mental toughness that he showed this year, uh, down the stretch, um, really kind of helped him, you know. That like he didn't waver, and I think the other guys fed off of that, you know. That it's obviously it's Tom Brady, and he he's not you know good or bad. He he stays the same, and I thought it really helped them as a team. Um, so, but like it, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. I just thought like. They won so many different ways. There were games where he threw right. five touchdowns. There were games where he threw three picks. There were games like even the Super Bowl, he was so efficient. You know, it was like 21 to 29. Um, yeah. and, and so, yeah, it's, it's hard to put into words, man. He, he is, uh, <laughs> he, he, it's crazy to watch. It's inspiring as obviously, a, you know, guy that's <laughs> still several years younger. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, now, Brady, when he gets to Tampa, he... Um, you know, is seemingly involved in some of these like personnel decisions. I thought there was an interesting quote from Russell Wilson. He went on, uh, I think it was Dan Patrick's show uh, earlier today, but he, uh, he was talking about like, you know, I want to be involved in the personnel decisions. You know, I, I want to, you know, like Brady was obviously advocating for Antonio Brown and Brady's this gold standard, obviously. So you know, everybody kind of wants to be involved and all that. I remember from my time at the Jets, you know, if they ever in management had any questions, obviously I'd give them an opinion on a guy if I knew him or what I thought, but I didn't necessarily think that was a requirement. What are your thoughts on, on Russ's comments saying like, you know, I kind of want to be involved and, you know, Dan Patrick kind of put him on the spot and was like, well, are you involved? And he's like, no, you know, but I want to be kind of yeah. thing. Where, where do you see that going? Um, you know, because it's a, it's a dangerous line, you know, you, you put your stamp on somebody and it doesn't work out now, you know, that, that could come back to bite you as well. So what are your thoughts on quarterbacks and, and personnel decisions that, that, uh, you know, and same thing too, like in Houston, uh, yeah. you know, they were talking about, Hey, we want, you know, Deshaun Watson in on this process. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like things went South. What, what are your thoughts on that yeah. whole, uh, situation? 
I think there are, you know, it doesn't happen often anywhere that a right. quarterback does have input on personnel. Um, and I think there are probably only a few that are qualified to do it. I do think it's something that comes with age. I, I, I remember yeah. thinking about this as a young quarterback and it was like, how would I know? Like, how, you know, like I got, <laughs> no I got enough on my plate. How am I going to worry about like which guy or, you know, running back tight end strengths? Like, so I think as you get older though, you know, you, you see so much, you've been in a lot of offenses, you've been around a lot of different guys. You, you have such a better library of knowledge on personnel and on what it looks like. And certainly for Tom, having played with both those guys, obviously Gronk for a long time, but AB for a little bit, he, right. he knew him. I think, and Tom's deserved of that. How, how is he not? The guy's played for so long and been right. around so many different guys. So uh, obviously I think his opinion carries more weight. Um, and going to Russ, I, again, here's a guy that, yeah, that is, is getting older um, and, and can maybe, yeah, is, has earned that or, or earns it moving forward. But I think that's something that comes with time. You know, I'm sure a guy like Phillip and Ben and these guys that, that have played forever uh, are deserved of that and, and probably do. Their, their opinion does carry more weight uh, with the personnel time, with the personnel side, excuse me. But for any young guy, like it's, I mean, that takes a long time, I feel like, <laughs> yeah. to develop let's, that kind of let's knowledge. Let's convert some third downs first, okay, bud? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Speaking of longevity and some of the quarterbacks you mentioned, uh, you yourself have been a top performer in the NFL for several years now. Um, how long do you want to keep playing, and what's going to keep you motivated here? Yeah, uh, you know, I think at this point they're all one-year deals. You know, it's like, do I want to play one more? That, sure. That's it. Sure. I'm not thinking about anything beyond that. And for me, I think – I'm a little bit in a unique place. Like I was still, I still feel like there's so much for me to do out there in life physically that I, that I want to go do that. I still like, I, I've had all these doubts and I want to go do them. I want to go see if I can, I want to go fulfill that. And, you know, last off season, I was really getting to do some of those COVID happened and, and where I was in my rehab. And then the season started. So I kind of obviously put all that on hold and, 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 and just rolling with football, which was amazing. But, but for me, I think the most encouraging thing was how my body responded through the season. Um, yeah. You know, take obviously the, the, the bone contusion out at the end of the, the season. But like I, I practiced every single day. I didn't take days off the whole year. I felt like I pounded on my leg more than I ever have as far as running and impact. And I felt like it just got stronger and stronger and stronger um, awesome. as it went on. So for me, it was just such a, uh, it was so mentally fueling and encouraging for me. And so I, I'm, I'm excited to kind of chase more this offseason. I'm excited to go do more, including football, like, I mean, but more in life and more in football. And I really want to see where I'm at here and, and get in, you know, obviously into this offseason and see where I'm at and see my body's at and, and, uh, and go from there, you know, and, 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 uh, and that's, it's really answering that question. Go, go roll for one more and uh, take it one at a time, I guess. But that, that for me is my focus and, and really continuing to push uh, my body and a lot of those, like I said, those walls I built up and those things that I doubted, I want to go chase those. And yeah. uh, football is still one of them in the sense that I still feel like I have room for growth um, from a football perspective, even physically. I feel like I made a lot of gains in the season, and I'm excited to kind of to, to see if I can get more. That's awesome. What you're talking about some activities here, stuff you want to do. You're uh, what do you mean here? You like golfing or like break dancing or extreme sports? No, no, yeah, no. What, what do you got? I have. <laughs> I've luckily knocked golf off the uh, off the list. 
Luckily, my dancing skills are confined enough that I could do that pretty early on in my uh, rehab process. Come on, man. Mass um, singer, no, mass but, like, dancer. I, I plan, I'm like, going, man. I'll give no, you the plug. I, I got I, you. I still, I heard you. I got to see you. I got to go check out the film. My kids love that show. We, we I love, love it. Uh, love turning it on. Go back and watch time, the tape, so bro. I'm going to I'm gonna have to watch. I, let me tell you this. I, will, I don't have the talent for that. So, But no, but like uh, snowboarding, mountain biking. Like there we go. I, I told you, we get, we get out to Hawaii quite a bit, and it's all outdoors there. So, you know, getting in the water, beach workouts, uh, you know, some challenging hikes, road biking, different stuff that, that I enjoy doing out there. And so I... I I look forward to like, yeah, just doing doing more, seeing what I can do. Um, That's great. And, and, and enjoying taking on those challenges. That's huge. Um, when it's all said and done, what do you want people to remember about you? And then we'll get into your potential, uh, you know, end of your career plans, whether you're going to be a podcaster, whether you're going to be, uh, <laughs> you're going to call games like Tony Romo and predict plays or, or what you're going to get into. Are you going to... Mm -hmm go into coaching, be a high school principal like your pop. Uh, but when it's yeah. all said and done, what do you want people to remember about Alex Smith as a player? You know, for me, I don't know if it's so much what they remember about me. I think a little bit, certainly right now, I think looking back on, on, on my career, you know, resiliency stands out, mental resiliency, I think mental health, those are things that, that I've had to deal with it's not like I've done great at them. I've certainly struggled at times, but it's, it's certainly, I think, and those are things that I think everybody deals with. And, and it was for so long, it was taboo in this country. You know, I didn't get talked about, um, yeah. and it's stuff that we all deal with. Everybody deals yep. with it. And, and I don't care what, what you do, you know, um, I happen to play quarterback, you know? And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, those are things that I think, and, and it's nice to actually like put that out there to talk about that stuff. I think it, it it needs to be spoken about. Certainly COVID in 2020, I think, and, and as isolated as people have been this last year has only added to that. I think social media at times can add to that, you know, and it's, it's a lot of about what other people are doing or what they look with there, you know, and it's a lot of times a false narrative of what, what life is really like. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's what I, those are things that I enjoy. And I think certainly a little bit of my career, especially early on dealing with a lot of those things, like I mentioned, you know, uh, the expectations, anxiety, the mindset, you know, like playing yeah. for other people and trying to make other people happy. And so, right. um, and then my injury on top of that. So th th like th those are things that, that do mean a lot to me. I enjoy talking about those things. Um, as far as the second, you know, second career, <laughs> I'm sure you're the same like that. I feel like, you know, the, everybody else had to answer that question a lot earlier in life. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we were lucky enough to like football just kept going and I no haven't doubt. had it's to so actually backwards. answer that. So answer that question, yeah. And I think for me, the big the big question is: Do I want to stick with? Do I want to go down the path where it's football? Right? Is it is it broadcasting? Right. Is it coaching? Is it something around football? Is it personnel? You know, like do I want to go do stuff with football, or do I want to go? Do I want to veer the other way and like be done with football and and go down a different avenue of life and and try something else? So that I think that's really what I uh, debate. You know, when, when my career is over, is what. Do I, do I want to do football or do I want to go a different direction? And so still haven't made up my mind. I guess I still trying to, to weigh all that out. So, so we'll see. No doubt. I was interested in this. Uh, you designed your first apparel line with an apparel company. Attitude is free. Yep, uh, yep. The brand aims to inspire and motivate people to 
uh, embrace a positive mindset, like you've mentioned multiple times, and, and I think it's uh, so cool that you're doing that. 100% uh, of the proceeds go to the Center for the Intrepid, the rehab facility yep, yep. Uh, for U.S. servicemen and women uh, to get back on their feet after these, um, you know, yep. devastating injuries. So uh, what was the the mindset behind this uh, partnership and then this uh, Alex Smith collection? I'm an extra large, by the way. Yeah. But for yeah. everybody watching and listening, attitudeisfree.com. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So go it started, Tell me about yeah, that partnership. It. it was really cool. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I think like all those things we just talked about as far as attitude and mindset that I, I, I felt like I struggled with and learned so much about myself, you know, over the course of my career, let alone my injury, and really kind of got partnered up with them even before I started playing this year. Uh, this was something early on, and I just love what the company's about. I love the fact that, yeah, it's I love wearing it on my, on my chest or my shirt because it's great to remind other people. I love every time I look in yep. the mirror and going back to the sense that like a challenge, can I live up to this, right? Like if you're gonna, if I'm gonna wear this, if I'm gonna wear it that says attitude's yeah, free, if I'm gonna no wear doubt. something that says just live, like I better I better be the embodiment of that today, you know? And so I, I loved, I loved it. it was like, it was a perfect click immediately. Um, 100% of the money is going down to the center that, that I did my rehab down there, a chunk of it. And there's so many, I, so many of our servicemen and women that have been injured that have had way more serious injuries than me. We're talking double, single, triple amputees down there. People yeah, that for the, wow. the rest of their life will be <laughs> affected because of their service to this country. And so that stuff constantly, I mean, it constantly needs updated. They're constantly um, there for the rest of their life, you know, um, getting things, getting treatment, getting, you know, new leg, new arm, something. And so for me, I feel like I, I'm so indebted to them down there in the center. And so to be able to give back just a little bit, there's a ton of programs running down there that, that I got to take part in. So uh, very cool that it all goes down there, but it's, I, I love, I love everything about it. It's a perfect marriage. It's, it's like I said, I love being able to sport it. It's crazy comfortable stuff. So I'll be sure to, I'll get you some. And, and yeah, it's going to a great cause. And like I said, if you can remind yourself, if you can remind somebody else that may be going, going through it, I, I think even better. That's huge, man. Alex. Unbelievable interview. Thank you for being so authentic. Thank you for inspiring so many people. Thank you for being so present and reminding us to be present. Uh, this might be my favorite interview between you and Josh Allen. It's a toss-up, man. This was uh, this was really, really oh, I appreciate cool. that, so thank man. you for thank you. Uh, tell your wife. Awesome job on the documentary. Awesome job as nurse, mom, you know, you name it. I will. And, I uh, will. and those boys give them a big hug from us at Fourth and Forever. Have a great off season. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Mark. Thank you so much. It's been an incredible year. Uh, we wrapped this one up, put a bow on it with Alex Smith. Incredible interview. What an authentic guy. So fun to talk with him and, and hear about his experience through uh, all of his adversity. But looking forward to the offseason. Listen, we're going to get back into the intangibles. We'll talk to some of these young quarterbacks who are about to turn pro uh, and get drafted high. And then uh, we also had the idea to uh, talk to some of these big time coaches, you know, that are making all the decisions, all these personnel decisions, uh, call and plays, some defensive guys, some offensive guys. I think uh, it'd be nice to get some coaches perspective as we've been uh, very heavy with players and analysts, but uh, it'll be uh, just a little wrinkle for us here at Fourth and Forever. We appreciate your support and we'll be back in the fall uh, in August preseason with uh, weekly episodes. Thank you so much for your support. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my soul. I'm 
a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.